It's Friday, December the 18th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up, Macron tests positive for COVID-19 and America's jobless claims soar. First, the world in brief. Emmanuel Macron, the French president, has tested positive for COVID-19. He will isolate himself, but will continue working remotely, according to officials. Jean Castex, the prime minister, has also gone into self-isolation due to recent contact with Mr. Macron, as has Pedro Sanchez, the Spanish prime minister, and Angel Gurria, the OECD secretary general. This week, France lifted the lockdown it imposed on October 29th, but instituted a nationwide nightly curfew because of persistently high infection rates. The European Union's environment ministers agreed to enshrine into law their new climate change target, cutting net greenhouse gas emissions by 55% from 1990 levels by 2030. The goal was agreed upon by the leaders of all 27 member states last week. But lawmakers in the European Parliament are pushing for a 60% emissions reduction. Sweden registered a record number of new coronavirus cases, 8,881 in 24 hours. The king said in his annual address to be broadcast on Monday that it had failed in its virus response. Sweden's mask-free lockdown light approach was markedly different from its neighbours, but it has suffered more than eight times as many deaths per 100,000 people as Norway and Finland. Joe Biden tapped Deb Holland, a Democratic congresswoman from New Mexico, for interior secretary. She would be the first ever Native American cabinet secretary. The department oversees America's natural resources and tribal lands and will play a large role in Mr Biden's plans to tackle climate change. Some House Democrats fret that losing Miss Holland to the executive branch further shrinks their majority. A group of 344 schoolchildren kidnapped last Friday in Nigeria were rescued. Armed militia had snatched the boys from a boarding school in Kankara in the troubled north of the country. Boko Haram Islamists claimed responsibility. It is as yet unclear whether further children still remain captive or how the rescue came about. American jobless claims hit 885,000 last week, their highest level for three months because of COVID-19 restrictions in places like California. The claims are still far below the 6 million plus figures seen in March, but the job market is not expected to perk up until the coronavirus vaccine is rolled out more widely in the spring. And oil prices reached a nine-month high in response to a reduction in the size of America's crude stockpile and the dollar's loss of value in the face of an expected coronavirus stimulus package. The price of the West Texas Intermediate WTI futures contract rose to $48.59, its best since early March. The international benchmark Brent crude performed similarly. And now here's today's agenda. Waiting for stimulus. Congress. Like most university students, Congress procrastinates more than is healthy. It pushed the deadline for agreeing to a spending bill that will keep the federal government open until today, the planned end of its winter term. This was to give time to settle a dispute over another round of economic stimulus, which has been delayed for almost a year. Democratic and Republican leaders in Congress insist they are close to a deal. Reportedly, the new stimulus would once again disperse checks to every American, a one-off payment of $600 per head compared with the previous $1,200, and increase unemployment benefits by $300 per week. The boost had been $600 per week before it expired in August. Both sides had to jettison their former fixations. Republicans had wanted to limit businesses' liability for staff or patrons exposed to COVID-19, 
Democrats had insisted on sending federal dollars to cash-strap state and local governments. Completing the deal may still require an extension. Lawmakers have already been told to expect to stay the weekend. Touchy subject. Ethiopia's civil war. East African leaders are due to meet in Djibouti on Sunday to discuss what is cryptically termed the current situation in the region. Abdullah Hamdok, Sudan's Prime Minister and Chairman of the IGAD, the East African bloc, called for the emergency summit after a tetchy meeting last week with Abiy Ahmed, Ethiopia's Prime Minister. Mr Hamdok made it clear that Ethiopia's civil war, which began last month, will be on the agenda. Sudan is hosting nearly 50,000 Ethiopian refugees and fears that fighting will spill across the border too. On December 16th, Sudan's army said some of its soldiers had been ambushed, reports said four were killed, by Ethiopian forces during a security patrol. The Ethiopian government insists the war in its northern region of Tigray is a purely internal matter which is not up for discussion. Mr Hamdok's hitherto impressive patience will start to wear thin. Index figures Tesla joins the S&P 500 On Monday, Tesla will enter the S&P 500, one of America's top two stock market indices, taking the place of Apartment Investment and Management, a real estate investment trust. Its entry tops off an astonishing year for the electric car company, which has a market capitalization of $590 billion. Its shares are seven times more valuable than they were at the beginning of the year, making Elon Musk, the firm's boss, the second richest person in the world. Despite Tesla's size, it will be the largest company ever to join the S&P. The index's managers decided to add its stock in one go, rather than week by week. That means that, from Monday, more Americans than ever will have a stake in Tesla's success, and in Mr Musk, whose behaviour has been known to send the stock soaring or tumbling by turns. Turkey's Political Prisoners Osman Kavala on trial Earlier this year, Osman Kavala, a respected Turkish philanthropist and a critic of President Recep Tayyip Erdogan, was cleared of bogus terrorism charges related to his involvement in anti-government protests. He was then re-arrested on equally preposterous charges linked to an abortive coup in 2016. The new evidence against Mr Kavala includes such spurious nuggets as a chance meeting with a former American official at an Istanbul restaurant three days after the attempted coup. His trial opens later today. If convicted, he faces a maximum sentence of life in prison without parole. Scores of other political prisoners languish behind bars in Turkey. On December 22nd, the European Court of Human Rights will announce its verdict in the case of Selahattin Dimitas, the former leader of the country's biggest Kurdish party. Mr Kavala has spent over three years in prison. Mr Dimitas has spent four. Neither is expected to be set free soon. Happy Holidays Hulu's Price Hike Hulu, a video streaming service owned by Disney, today raises the price of its live television package by $10 to $64.99 per month. It's not the only one to do so this year. YouTube TV offers a similar option for $64.99, having increased the price from $49.99 last summer. Both offerings are meant to attract cord cutters, those looking to trade pricey cable subscriptions for cheaper options with a leaner selection of channels. Live television is expensive to license though, and the services were introduced below cost, generating big initial losses. Their parent companies want to start turning a profit while still attracting new viewers. Hulu at least is getting there.
subscribers to its live TV service have increased by over 50% to 4.1 million in the past year. Hulu's live TV, though, is just a tiny part of Disney's growing streaming empire. It boasts 137 million subscribers across all its various services. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Willie Brandt, who was born on this day in 1913. Peace is not everything, but everything is nothing without peace. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.